Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Let's go to the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline and bring in Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com. She's the beat reporter for the Cleveland Ca- Cleveland Browns, excuse me. Mary Kay, how you doing? I'm doing fine. How you doing? I am do- doing wonderful. Um, let's dive into this draft. Um there's some other individuals and some people been going back and forth on Twitter concerning um, the drafting receiver at that position. Um, when you look at it, is this a, a is a move where the Browns just felt like uh, a receiver happened to be the the best available player on the board, or was this more of a thing where they said, "Hey, we don't like." Um, some of the guys that we have a position of need for. And so we'll just take him uh, that's available in being Cedric Tillman. You know, I actually think they probably had a group of players who were available there at, um, at number 74. And I think that, you know, at that point you, you know, you have them ranked and you have your board set up and, and certainly one of them will probably be uh, ranked higher than the others. But when they're all really, really close like that, uh, you know, you can kind of choose the one that you think is the best fit. And I think that's probably what happened here. I think there were probably, uh, you know, maybe five, six players at that spot uh, that they could have gone with, and they just went with what was best for them at that time. And, you know, I, I actually am in huge support of them taking a receiver there. I talked about it heading into it on the radio that morning. Um, I talked about it or the, the day before I talked about it in podcasts. I wrote about it. The fact that I think they needed to come away with a premium position with that first pick, a wide receiver or an edge rusher, uh, because you want that guy to come in and contribute for you right away. And my thinking on the whole Deshaun Watson thing is uh, that he does need more opportunities, more weapons, more explosiveness, more bodies to throw at it to see who he's going to click with. You know, he doesn't really know yet uh, who those guys are going to be for him. So I think you need a number of candidates. Uh, you know, Mary Kay, you know, when they got down to pick 73, the guy I wanted and the guy I had been pounding the table for was Jalen Hyatt at pick number 74. A lot of people said, you know what, G. Bush, you might be disappointed. He might not make it. We make it up to the 23rd and a half hour. And the Giants run to the podium with a trade, and Mary Kay, my heart sunk. I knew what it was. I knew exactly what Brian Dable was doing. Uh, he went up and made a trade for Jalen Hyatt. Let me ask you a question. Um, you know, Andrew Berry, I think, said, you know, there were a plethora of people on the board, and he thinks, uh, you know, Jalen Hyatt is a really good player as well. Do you think 
that Jalen Hyatt would have been in play for the 74th pick or that they liked Tillman more than him all along? You know, it's really hard to say. I think they probably had them uh, pretty close on their board, but they did bring Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt in for a top 30 visit Mm -hmm. and I know they spent you know a considerable amount of time on him so I would think that he would have been in play there at uh, you know at number 74 I really do and if you listen to the way that uh, Glenn Cook answered the question when asked about that uh, you know he he seemed to be pretty honest about the fact that uh, yeah you can't really say you know one was that much higher than the other um you know, he, he indicated that they may have gone with Hyatt had he been there. Yeah, I, you know, and, and here's the thing. Um, I can't get too mad at him because I thought the process was if they had players that closely rated, I don't think the Browns – I think the Browns made up their mind that they're not going to package up any picks to go up into, I, I would say, the second round because they did have a wide range of players that they were comfortable with just staying there at 74 and taking. So I, I wasn't mad um, that they, you know, didn't waste any uh, or, or, t- or package anything to go up and get them like the Giants did um, because they were so similar. And, and, you know, as I said before, they are third and fourth round picks. You you do want to hit a couple and a couple of them, Mary Kay, but – at the end of the day, third and fourth round picks, sometimes they might not be able to help you this year. It's more of a down-the-line type move. Yeah, and, and once again, they had a, a number of players that they would have been very, very happy with at number 74. And right before, you know, obviously, like you said, Brian Dable jumped up and, and grabbed Hyatt. Uh, but I, I think that Cedric Tillman was obviously right in that group, too, along with about five other players or so and that they would have been thrilled with with any one of those guys and i think that they're you know really happy with what they did because if they didn't take him there you know they had some edge rushers in their group at that point i'm sure they had you know some defensive tackles right there they they had a number of different things that they could have done and they chose the best option for them yeah, uh, talking to Mary Kay Cabin on her North said Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. She's a beat reporter for the Browns, uh, talking about the NFL draft pick 74 uh, currently uh, with Cedric Tillman, and then we'll get to uh, Siaki uh, Ika. Now, look, I look at this, and this is Hayden Grove put this out. He says, uh, talking about how many people did they have in, in, the, uh, in the wide receiver room. And let me give you these names, Mary Kay. So in, this is today. You have Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Marquise Goodwin. You just drafted Cedric Tillman. You took David Bell in the third round last year. You paid some money to Jakeem Grant to return kicks uh, and to be kind of a a gadget guy. Anthony Schwartz is a third-round pick. Then you have Dalen Baldwin, Jalen Darden, Isaiah Weston, who was a guy who got injured uh, last year. Big, pretty. He's he's a fast guy as well. Marquez Stevenson and, and Michael Woods, who was on IR. Where are these? Where are these roster spots coming from? If I'm reading this correctly, there could be three to four guys that we either have put draft picks on, gave given money in free agency, or traded for. Where are the roster spots coming in this receiver room? Well, first of all, people need to remember that when you go into training camp, you have 90 players, okay? So, uh, you know, a lot of the guys that you go into camp with are not going to make your 53-man roster. 
They've expanded the practice squads to, I think it's 16 right now. Uh, you know, so you will end up with some of those guys on the practice squad. You might be able to trade one or two of those guys at some point. Uh, you will have some injuries, uh, you know, like you do right now with, with Michael Woods. Uh, and then, of course, you know, there just might be a guy or two that doesn't make the team. So not all of those guys, of course, are going to make the 53-man roster. But as I've been saying for the past few days, you really need uh, a lot of candidates to go out there and audition for the role of being able to handle what Deshaun Watson can deliver for you. You need to be the kind of guy that has a natural feel for an improvisational quarterback who's going to be running around trying to make those off-schedule plays. You have to be ready for the no-look pass. You have to have a, a feel for the game, a field awareness. You have to stay alive. You have to stay visible. Um, you have to be athletic and agile enough uh, for the suddenness and the quickness of the game that's about to happen. So, you know, sometimes those things don't manifest themselves until you are out there on the field playing. And sometimes they really don't uh, tell you what the deal is until, uh, you know, the, the real fur is flying during games and, and, you know, you are actually having to beat the defenses that have game planned for you all, you know, all week or whatever, longer than that even in most cases. So, you know, having a lot of bodies is absolutely fine, and I think that they will add more. I mean, I, I would be in full support of them drafting another receiver today and then adding some undrafted rookies. That's what you need at this time of year. I, I like that approach. I, I like the shotgun approach. We're going to give Deshaun Watson as many bodies as, as he needs out there to figure out who's going to be somebody that, that uh, you know, steps up. I like that approach because it gives you more of an opportunity to figure out and, and to hit on some of these individuals. So that that's what we're looking for. So I like that. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Siaki Ika at, uh, at pick number 98? Some people have jokingly said that he reminds them of Danny Shelton. And I always tell them, well, look, Danny Shelton was a top 20 player as a nose uh, tackle. So that is a big issue because if you bust on a nose tackle in the top 20 in the first round, you got issues. But if you, you, you give a third round, 98th overall pick, and you allocate that to a, a guy like Ika, y you don't have those same ramifications if he doesn't turn out to be the player that you thought he would. Uh, what are your thoughts on him drafting him in 98? Yeah, like you said, the expectations for a third-round pick are vastly different uh, than the expectations for a first-round pick. And you can take these kind of uh, chances in the third round on a guy that – uh, you know, might not be perfect and might not be, you know, a day one starter. Um, that's really not what you're expecting from a third round pick. You want that guy to come in and contribute as soon as he can. The key things to remember about Ika are the fact that he is the kind of defensive tackle that Jim Schwartz is looking for. And Jim Schwartz is an NFL coach that you can weigh heavily what he says or his evaluation of a player because he started out in scouting. I was there. I saw it with my own two eyes. <laughs> in 1993, he came in. I know. I, that's so horrible to even say that I was actually <laughs> around doing that. My goodness. But it is true. I, I was there when all of those guys, uh, you know, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, Jim Schwartz, you know, Phil Savage, Mike Tannenbaum, they were all there on this same staff. It was an all-star. It went on to become an all-star staff, but he was part of that. And he was he came in as a scout, and he, so he knows what he's looking at, and he knows 
so much defense, as as you know. And um, so if he says that that Ika is his kind of guy, uh, then you can put so much stock in that. And they were not just looking at, you know, what he did in the system uh, that he played in at, at Baylor or even at LSU. What they're looking at really more so than anything are the projections of things that he's going to be able to do in their defense. And these guys do need to be able to move. They do need to have motor and hustle on the inside. Uh, now, he might need to, you know, trim a, a couple of pounds here and there. He's probably not going to be able to to play here and do the things that they want him to do at, when he's at the upper end of his little weight limit there at 355. He might need to get uh, to that 335 and try to stay there uh, to be most effective in this scheme. Uh, but he has the versatility and, you know, the agility to do what they want him to do. When you look at, uh, you, you know, not only uh, the picks that they made and, and picks moving forward, um, have they given you any inkling at where they could go? Or do you just expect um, it to be the more along the line of the best available players? Um, you know, we take we, you look at a um, the position group um, running back is a position that we've we've kind of uh, not really talked about for a lot of years because Kareem Hunt and we've had a solidified running back room. Um, also, quarterback. Do you think that they could possibly take one of those there as a flyer? Um, as a guy that they could, they could potentially bring in as a backup. What position do you think the Browns right now, looking at it, have the most glaring needs? Well, you know, yesterday I posted a story that sort of went through each position and spotlighted and highlighted some players at each one of those positions that they have spent some extra time on in the pre-draft process. And they brought in three quarterbacks for top 30 visits. I think that's significant. Usually you don't bring guys in for top 30 visits unless you're either seriously thinking about drafting them or you want good data on them for the next time they become available. Uh, So that's part of it, too. But they had three of those guys on their list. Jake Hayner from Fresno State was one of them. Uh, So some of those guys are still available. I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see them take a developmental quarterback. Uh, I do think that they could use a running back. Remember, they don't have Kareem Hunt anymore. They don't have Dearness Johnson anymore. And, you know, you also need, you know, you need some guys. You need camp legs and, and camp guys. You don't want to wear out Nick Chubb in, in training camp and in the summer. And they have an extra preseason game this year. They're starting very early in camp. Um, so, I I would think another good young running back would be someone that you would want to look at. And then edge rusher. I keep saying over and over and over, they really need to bring in some more edge rushers. Uh, They they need bodies there. They need candidates there. That's another, you know, premium position where you've got to have some guys that can get to the quarterback. And and right now I would say I would add at least two more uh, guys that can come off the edge and, uh, you know, and be, that productive rusher for Jim Schwartz. And, you know, and really quickly, uh, you know, I haven't got your, your thoughts on this. You know, uh, you know the Lamar Jackson uh, signing, he, he's back in the fold over there, Beckham Jr. They did. They draft Zay Flowers. Uh, do you think that the – I believe that the Ravens are right back <laughs> in contention right now. I think, uh, you know, if they would have let uh, Lamar Jackson walk, uh, I think that could have been a big mistake, but I actually think that they they are right back where they need to be in terms of they're they're in the conversation in the AFC North. Your thoughts, really quickly. 
Oh, my goodness, yes. Um, absolutely, 100%. The X factor for them, of course, is that they have a new offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin. He was here, but he didn't get to do the kinds of things that he will be doing over there in Baltimore. He's going to bring in a, you know, a lot of the college concepts and some different things. Uh, he knows a lot of offense. He's been around a lot of different kinds of styles of offense, and I think he'll do a great job. But they might have a little bit of a learning curve because they will be learning new terminology and new scheme, but they certainly have what it takes to be formidable. Mary Kay, thank you so much. We appreciate you. We will definitely check out your work on cleveland.com throughout the rest of the draft, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. Mary Kay Cabin in the North Ohm State Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline and a beat reporter for the Browns for Cleveland.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.